Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. What's up, my friends? Welcome to this week's episode of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. My name is Carrie Fitzgerald. Let's dive into it. So we have a special episode today. We have a guest, Chastity Campbell. She's the founder of Nora Blanc Candles, and she is a proud hustle culture dropout and the ultimate self-care and mindset hype girl. So Chastity is on here to talk about a couple of really powerful, important, and interesting topics. One is the transformative power of rediscovering yourself and your business amidst life's various transitions. And so Chastity has personally experienced and conquered numerous life challenges, divorce, loss, etc., changing her businesses. And she's sharing a lot of details on just how to navigate those things and how to prioritize yourself and self-care through dealing with all those shit storms that life throws at you. Um, And she's super passionate today on just helping to guide women entrepreneurs through these journeys. And she's also the founder of a really cool candle brand called Nora Blanc Candles, which I already mentioned before. And they are artisanal, crafted, they're refillable, non-toxic candles. And she's also super passionate about helping women walk away from hustle culture and walk straight into their baddie era by helping them level up their lives and their businesses as they create sustainable happiness and success. So that is a lot to talk about. So let's just dive right into it. Super pumped to have Chastity on here. Chastity has been in my e-commerce society membership program, and she's super sweet and super fun, and I love her energy. So let's dive into it. Welcome to the podcast, Chastity. I am so happy to have you on. Thank you so much for being on here. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Okay. So we have a lot of interesting things to talk about and probably some random conversations, which is natural, <laughs> of course. Um, but before we dive into it, want do you want to introduce yourself and just tell everyone, um, you know, your name and just, you know, what you do in your business? Sure. Yeah. Um, my name is Chastity Campbell and I started a business last year, actually hasn't been quite a year yet, where I launched a line of non-toxic and refillable candles. And that is actually branded under Nora Blanc. And so I have had that business for less than a year and love doing it. Um, Started it basically out of an absolute like necessity because I'm severely addicted to candles and I really just got sick of 
having like these freaking candle jars all over my house that I didn't know what to do with, or they had like a little bit of wax in them and I didn't want to toss them away. And I'm sort of have a natural, like small business brain. Like I, I, back in the day, I like started my own photography business. And so I think I'm a natural kind of entrepreneur. That's a little, probably like multi-passionate, like a lot of us are. Mm -hmm. And so anytime I can have a chance to like take an idea or a hobby or something, and then like create a business around it, like a hundred percent, I'm going to try to do that. And so I don't know, like one day I was sitting there and I was just like, what am I going to do with like these candle jars? This is ridiculous. There's got to be a better way to like do like to not like waste all these like jars and like recycle them. I mean, a lot of people think they're recycling their jars, but they still end up if they're not properly recycled, they end up still in a landfill. And I mean, I'm like feeling really crappy about myself when I'm looking at how many jars just me alone had like I had like in my house. And so the idea of refillable candles came to me and I was like, I like totally think we can like, how hard can it be to make a candle? Like that Mm -hmm. shouldn't be hard. And there is actually like a little bit of math and science involved in that. So I did have to learn that, but yeah. So I just sort of like took the idea and ran with it and started researching. And then as I was researching, I actually discovered how a lot of like big box candle brands are um, one, not very eco-friendly because they're petroleum based. They're made with um, paraffin and that's a petroleum byproduct. And so it's not uh, super eco-friendly. And so that was one thing that sort of struck me. And then um, just the toxicity of burning um, the candles. And it's been proven that some of the chemicals that are given off during that time um, are carcinogens. And so that led me down a whole other path of trying to make these candles also be non-toxic. And so I just sort of tweaked and went from there and uh, ended up creating this line of candles. And um, my husband actually handcrafts the jars that our uh, candles are poured into out of concrete because I also just didn't want to produce like a basic candle that I wanted it to sort of be, you know, go with people's aesthetic and be something that they were really proud of. And, you know, having it be handcrafted um, was really important to me. And so, yeah, so we just sort of launched that and went down that path. And so, like I said, it'll be a year at the end of April and I'm not sure when this is going to air, but that is when we will officially be in business for one year. And uh, yeah, so I'm doing a slight rebrand right now, pivoting a little bit into focusing on self-care and mental wellness and mindset um, for women, um, which is actually what ended up leading me to starting a candle business in the first place, because it's really part of my addiction to candles. And so, yeah, so sort of just multi-passionate about things and get ideas. And then I just sort of run with them. So I think you can probably relate to that. (laughs) I love it so much. And I'm like literally on your website. I bought a candle from you before as a gift for my um, best friend. I think it was for Christmas. uh, Chris, I don't know something. Yeah. I I bought her the Berkshire one. Um, But when you said your husband makes the, the um, frame jars. Yeah. The jars, that's the word. Um, I didn't know that. So I'm like, oh, my God, now I need to go and look at your website and look at these beautiful jars. But that's such a cool thing, especially when you can um, 
you know, just really take a, a, a product that is like a mass market. I mean, you can get candles everywhere from home goods, right. all the shitty candles, of course. Um, yeah. And you can really turn it into this product that is 100% like a handmade product from the wax all the way to the actual vessel that the candles. And I think that's so cool. So I just wanted right. to point that out because I, I love that. And it just makes the product um, that much more special. So I love that. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think when I was coming up with the idea, the biggest thing for me was like, I didn't want to start a business to just start a business. Like I wanted it to have meaning. I wanted it to be something more than just, oh, hey, I'm going to put this product out into the world and, you know, we'll just go from there. There's a, a there's a, already a lot of that out there. And so, and that's fine. And that works for some people, but, um, you know, our, I knew from a very early stage, we actually had sourced the concrete jars originally, like in our original line, um, I found an artist out in Utah and I sourced the jars from her. So she actually supplied the jars to us for our first collection that we did. And I very quickly learned that shipping concrete <laughs> candle jars across the United States is not the most like economical, like thing to do. And that obviously cuts into your bottom line. And so it was one of those things where I was like, I didn't want to get away from that, but I needed to figure out how can I do this, that it makes more sense where I actually have control over like, this is the color I want and I can see it and I can hold it and I can figure out the quality of it before it's like shipped across, you know, the United States for us. And so that was like the first pivot in my business that I did um, was just bringing that production in house. But um, I mean, what, as you know, like when you're running a small business, you're literally doing everything under the sun. And so I did not have the capacity to like learn how to like make these jars also. And so I asked my husband like, hey, would you be willing to learn this process and how you do it and um, take over that portion of it? And lucky for me, he said yes. So he handles that part now. So. No, oh, that's amazing. And again, I think it's just cool when you can kind of involve, like keep things in house. And I can imagine shipping concrete will, I don't know if it would be just breakable, but like fucking heavy. So yeah, no, oh, yeah. it's definitely breakable. You got to package it good, but it being heavy, I mean, it would arrive fine. Like she would package it like a champ, but it, I mean, I was like, okay, I'm starting to pay like more for shipping than I actually am like for the vessels. So we're going to figure something else out. <laughs> So we did that very quickly. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, cool. So you started the business and I don't think you mentioned the business name. Can you let people know what your business name is? I don't know. I don't think you mentioned it, but just in case. Yeah. So the candles are sold under Nora Blanc. That was the original, that, well, that's the name for the candles. I am rebranding to use just my name, Chastity Campbell. And mm -hmm. so that will be like the umbrella. And then I'll have different facets that will mm -hmm. fall under that just so it's more, I want to build a more personal brand. I want to sort of lean into um, other passions and other areas that I really love and I want to explore this next year. And so um, on socials, I used to be Nora Blanc, the brand, but now I'm Chastity Campbell. CEO Co. So um, that's a little switch that's happening. And I will be launching a new website with that new branding and new logo and all of that soon as well. But 
Nice. And right now, if you search for Nora Blanc, you'll find them and that'll just redirect you to my new website. Nice. That's exciting. Um, what, like what brought, I'm just curious, and this maybe leads into what we're going to, what we're going to be talking about of like, you know, rediscovering yourself after going through just different transitions in life. But what prompted you to want to start with a candle brand and then maybe pivot into, you mentioned like, actually, maybe you did mention, we were talking before we started recording, um, like coaching, um, and just doing these other things. What made you kind of decide you wanted to lean into that and not just do candles, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that, well, starting the candle brand, like I said, was sort of the natural, like in your face, this is it there. You have a problem. The problem being, I have all these excess jars hanging out in my house um, that I'm like peeling labels off of and you're prying the wax out or you're trying to like, go on to Pinterest and what can I do to upcycle a jar? Like I don't need a freaking other upcycled candle jar. And so that was the problem that led me to starting the candles, but the, but the candle addiction came from something a, a much bigger in my life, which, um, was me, um, going through, um, a divorce after I had been a stay at home mom for 14 years. I had three kids and, um, I went through a divorce. And so when you go from being a stay at home mom to then a shared custody situation where I shared, I had joint custody with my ex-husband and and Mm co-parenting. And so you find yourself like, literally alone, like literally I was alone for the first time in my adult life. And it's really, really lonely. (laughs) And it's really, really hard. I mean, it's hard for anybody to transition into something like that. But I think um, it was especially hard for me just because I was with I was at home with my kids every day. And so I went from having that and seeing them every day and being with them and being the sole provider for them to mm-hmm. sitting like coming, having to work, having to go back to work full time mm-hmm. and then um, sitting in my home some nights, you know, half of the week and every other weekend just completely by myself. And it was miserable and it was devastating and um it was so incredibly difficult to even make a home feel like a home you know like it was quiet and there just wasn't any chaos and I just was something I completely was not used to and so um I had to find ways to honestly, like make myself happy. Like I had to find a way to like make this home feel or this house feel like a home. You know, I was in, I'm, you know, moved from a home that I owned into a rental property. And so, you know, you can't really paint the walls or you can't like put a wallpaper or do all the things that you want to do when you own the home. Mm -hmm. And so what I found myself doing was I would come home after work and I would light a candle and I would put on jazz music and I would drink a glass of wine and I would make myself dinner. And that made me feel like I had number one, a routine similar to what I had prior. Mm-hmm. And just that it was something that brought me joy. You know, it was something that made it feel like I was creating a special space or I was creating a special environment. 
And it helped kind of fill that void, honestly, of like really lonely freaking times without my kids. And so, you know, that's initially like when this addiction to candles started. And so that obviously led into starting the candle business and then, but pivoting slightly this year um, into really leaning into women taking care of themselves and um, implementing those routines and those habits and those things that make you happy because you lose yourself so much. I didn't know who I was without my kids there. Like I didn't know what to do with myself and I didn't know how to make myself happy without a husband and the friends that I knew and the um, play dates that I had and the routines that I had before and spending time with my kids. I had no idea who I was Mm -hmm. and I had to learn that because I went through a time where it it, I, I lost myself. I completely lost sight of what was important to me. I didn't take care of myself mentally or physically. And, um, it was really a a bad time and I had to dig myself out of that. And I think that creating those self-care routines and really leaning into who am I as a person outside of all the titles that we have as women um, was just something, a lot of work that I had to do. And once I able, I was able to kind of get through that, um, things that I wanted in my life just naturally began to fall into place. And so pivoting this year a little bit, um, I mean, candles obviously is a, is a way that people can elevate their space or make their spaces feel comfortable and people use them to as part of their self-care routines. But I really want to lean into a lot of other things and helping women kind of rediscover who they are Mm -hmm. um, outside of like, you're more than a mom, you're more than just a business owner. Like, what are the things that light you up that sometimes we lose sight of when we're, you know, once we get married or we're in partnerships or we're having kiddos and Um, just all of those things. And I want to be able to share with women ideas and ways to implement always, always prioritizing yourself. And I just think that it's really, really important. And it's just something that is close to my heart that I'm super passionate about. Mm -hmm. And um, I just want to be able to serve women in that capacity. And so I, I luckily have been able to meet people in this space that are like, you need to do this. And so it's one of those things where you're like, okay, you're right. I need to do this. I need to like go forward with it. So that's sort of where I am now with it. I love it so much. So much to unpack, of course. Um, I think I have a lot of questions and I also think too, like it makes sense for that. You would want to sort of take your own experience and like what you went through and figured out a way, not just like what you went through, but like you figured out a solution kind of out of it and like reinvented your life, you know, in a capacity. And I think some people don't really know what to do when they go through a hard time. Like they don't know how to kind of get out of it and to solve those solutions for them. Um, So yeah, I think that makes sense completely. What, and I'm just curious, like when you were going through that transition of like, okay, you're, you know, getting, uh, I don't know if you were like divorced at the time or you were separated. Like what were the things that you did to get yourself out of that, like 
funk. You said you, you know, didn't know who you were without kids and all that, um, which is like, I think very related, like a lot of people listening would probably say, oh yeah, like I, that, that happened to me or like, shit, I'm going through the same thing now. Like, what do I do? What did you do to kind of get yourself to get out of that? Like, Mm -hmm. I had to like, for me, I had to one, allow myself to actually feel what I was feeling. Um, I think too often, we go through these like hard transitional times and it's easy just to kind of gloss over like, Oh, I'm fine. Like, how are, you know, somebody asks you like, Oh, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm fine. It's hard. And you give them the surface answers and you don't really dive into it very much. Yeah. Um, I had to really sit with those feelings of like, okay, I feel lost. I feel like I don't know what my purpose is. I feel like I have failed. I feel like I failed myself, my family, my children. Um, and all of this came after like the, the actual divorce was final, like the divorce is final and just so much of your life. Like, I mean, I was very fortunate that I had like a very supportive group of friends and, but I had nobody in my life who had gone through a divorce at that stage. Like all of my friends were still married. And while they were still very supportive, they, they don't know truly what it is mm-hmm. to, you know, go home to an empty house after you've worked all week long and not make dinner for anybody except for yourself. You know what I mean? And yeah. so for me, I had to allow myself to kind of feel all the feelings and then dig in and say like, okay, this is what I'm going to change. This is what I'm going to do. And so I, did ton any, I'm the kind of person that like, when I need to learn something, I dive in, I do a lot of research, I do a lot, I almost become obsessed with it. And so I read a ton of like self help books, or did a ton of Google searches on all of the things. Um, But for me, it was, it was about sort of creating the life that I wanted, like, sitting back and being like, I have all of these pieces now, like I'm, feel broken. And I'm, you know, have all these pieces of my life that I don't know what to do with. And then realizing like, well, I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. Like I can literally become any person that I, I, I don't know who I am. So how do I figure that out? So I did a lot of like reading different types of fiction books or read, like, I just tried to learn new things. Like I, I tried new foods. I went to restaurants by myself, which to me is literally like the ultimate, like anxiety, like that's going to send me into a tailspin of I'm rocking in the corner. I don't know what to do with myself because I do not like to do things by myself at all. And so I forced myself to Mm -hmm. face those. Like I would force myself like, okay, you're going to go into this restaurant. You're going to sit down. You're going to order a glass of wine and you're going to have a damn meal. And people are going to look at you and they're going to think you're a freakazoid but you're going to do it anyway. And so I would, and I did, like, I did feel like a complete freaking idiot. Like, oh my gosh, all these people think like, oh, they totally think like, you know, a Tinder date stood me up or something. (laughs) Like I'm just here by myself and they're judging me and they're judging me. And, but the more I did it, the more comfortable I felt Mm -hmm. and the more confident I felt. And the more I liked myself. And so then the more I liked myself, the more time I wanted to spend with myself. And so then I would like do other things, you know, like 
And it's like, I remember, go, I remember literally going to, I like to walk on trails. I like to walk like at tracks, like uh, at schools and stuff. And I remember going one time to a trail and I remember seeing a, just a random lady there. And I was like, I'm going to strike up a conversation with this lady. <laughs> just, I'm going to talk to her. And it pushed me outside of my box. I had to create, I tried to look at it as this is an opportunity for me to rediscover who I am, to figure out what I like, to figure out what I don't like. Mm -hmm. And um, the more I did that, the more I confidence I had, the more I discovered, you know, yeah, I'm really like a good person. And that helped with so many things like that helped me feel less guilty about being divorced. It helped me realize I was a strong woman. And I was setting an example for my kids, like, you know, bad things might happen to you in your life. You might go through things in your life that really freaking suck. But, you know, this is this is how you overcome it. You you can't lay down and just sit there and do nothing about it. And you have to get up and you have to keep going. And so I, I really had to push myself and that might not be for everybody, but that is what personally worked for me. And everything is scary for a little bit of time, but it's only scary for like the first couple of times. And then after that, I mean, you realize like, you're like, oh my gosh, I've been missing out on this for so long. Like I, you know, it's, it's just takes getting started a little bit, you know? Yeah. No, I love that. Um, and I think like for so many people just forcing themselves to like, I love when you said something about the restaurant, I'm going to sit down. Like you were like giving yourself a pep talk. Like yeah, the safe part of your brain is like, no, we can't do this. We have to leave. Everyone's going to look at us. Everyone's going to think we're, we've been stood up, but you were like, no, I'm going to, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a fucking drink and we're going to eat something and it's going to be fine. Right. And then you, well, you because, made uh, yeah. yourself do it. So I think that's amazing. Cause so many people yeah, like, would just be like, no, I is, is that people like, I think like as a human, we think people are thinking about us way fucking more than they're thinking about us. Like, <laughs> like nobody is obsessed with, like, I am more obsessed with me than anybody is like, nobody cares that I am like walking into a restaurant alone because yeah. they have their own shit. Like yeah. they have their own stuff that they're dealing with. <laughs> and so like, I like, I'm like, nobody like literally cares. And so, and yeah. I think about that all the time now, like anytime <laughs> I like, even just recently when I was like thinking about like having the conversation and like pivoting my business slightly, like that's really scary for some people to like let go of that and to pivot mm -hmm. and to do something different because yes. they don't want to appear, you know, flaky or unprofessional or whatever. And yeah. I can, I fall into that also, but then I start and I'm like, half the people aren't even going to freaking know, like, yeah. like half the people aren't even going to realize that you haven't been doing that forever. Yeah. Or, nor do they care? Like they just are like, <laughs> okay, this person's cool or this person's not cool. Like, I'm always just like, you're not that special. Like people are not paying attention to you that much. <laughs> just let yeah. it go and do it. Yeah. And once I, you realize that you're like, oh, that sort of opens up like the, the door of freedom, like that literally people don't care about you as much as you care about yourself. So it's, it's like what you're saying is like, it's, it's liberating. I mean, and it yeah. is, I mean, when you finally realize and everything you're saying is true, like, and I tell this to, I have the same conversations with a lot of people in my, whatever, any program I have, like my membership mm -hmm. or courses that like no one they'll be like, oh no, I can't. 
if I post this video, people will see that I wore that same sweatshirt before. I'm like, no one gives a fuck. No No. one cares about your fucking sweatshirt. No one cares that you're not wearing makeup. No one cares. Mm -hmm. You think you look terrible. Someone else would be like, oh, she looks cute. Like, oh, she has messy hair just like me. Cool. Like we're both hot messes. So yeah, I totally agree. Like you just have to give yourself permission Mm -hmm. to show up and do it. Like, and, and I had to, you know, even during that time or anytime I've had any sort of like transition or any sort of question, like I will overthink, I overthink things to the nth degree. I mean, I will overthink something, but all it does is like, it keeps you from achieving your goals. It, It keeps you from, you know, making progress on anything. And so I'm like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Okay. So somebody is going to look at me and be like, yeah, she looks like crap today. Well, like big deal. I don't even know that person on the internet. Like I literally don't even know user number nine, five, six, two, three, 18 on TikTok. That's like, you're a crappy mom. Okay. Well, I don't know you person. So (laughs) I mean, maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but like, why? Is that, is that, are we like letting other people, people like define (laughs) our value more than we're like defining our value for ourselves? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, is that, did someone really say that? Like, did user 75C really say you're, (laughs) Uh, okay. So, first, okay. So, I'm, you know, I have a, a business coach, and one of the challenges that we had was that we had to, she wanted us to do a TikTok challenge. And it was like, you know, three times a day, post things on TikTok, just put out any content you can, basically just to get used to posting stuff, right? Yeah. And um, and doing it. And so like, I po- I'm a very, very sarcastic, like, person. I mean, I, I... Um, we'll just spout things off and I will be sarcastic. If I'm sarcastic with you, you a hundred percent know, like I feel comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just like, I posted this video of like me sitting in my car, um, making fun of like my adult daughter who was home from college for like winter break. And she, you know, I was just like making fun of her because I'm like, I'm so sick of listening to her. Tell me she's an adult. Like, She's 21 years old. She literally has no job. I'm still paying for all her bills. <laughs> like oh like she's at home, like, you know, goes out and, you know, hangs out with her friends until all hours of the morning, like doesn't shower for three days. And, but she keeps telling me like, well, I'm an adult. And I'm like, girlfriend, you have no idea what an adult is. And so I make this video and I post it and people Carrie just start attacking me on TikTok and they're like, you're so dramatic. And we don't know. We don't know. Like you're the problem. You've created a monster. Like people are telling me to like have her arrested and kick her out of my house. Oh my God. People are batshit crazy. Literally. (laughs) It was was insane. And for a hot second, I felt really bad because, well, I had not asked permission. I hadn't asked my daughter's permission to post the video. And so a hundred percent, like I should have did that. I mean, for me personally, I, that's something I normally would have did. And I didn't, I just put it up. And so I felt bad because I was like, gosh, people, and then people were kind of attacking her, like calling her a brat. And so I was like, oh gosh, I feel bad. What if she sees this? And she's like, mom, I can't believe you. And so I like went and I asked her, I was like, okay, I did this thing. 
And I felt, and she just started cracking up laughing. She was like, I have to see it. And her personality is very similar to mine. And so by the end, we would just like at dinner, we would just look at, I mean, it was like, got like, I don't know, I think it's up to like 23,000 views or something. And it's like, most of them and the comments are mostly about what a, like a horrible parent I am that I've created this entitled brat. And so now we just sort of laugh and, you know, she'll send me a screenshot. She'll be like, did you see what this person said to you? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my but, God. But it's funny because it's people funny. will tell you stuff and you really do start to kind of question like, Ugh, like, should I have done that? Should I not have done that? And you start to question yourself. And then that's when all the problems start. Instead of just trusting yourself, like just trusting yourself, trusting your gut and just like unapologetically being like who you are. I mean, I'm not for everybody. Other people, like, I don't want to be everybody's friend either. And just accepting that and moving forward, but it is liberating and freeing to just say, this is who I am. And then once you can stop worrying about this facade that you think you have to put on, mm-hmm. it frees up your mind to actually do other productive things in your life that you need to like get done instead of like worrying about what the internet thinks of you, you know? I feel like I had a good question for you and then I forgot it because I got distracted by the user 724, you're a crabby mom. Um, did you, well, how did the, tic- how did the rest of your, I feel like I have mixed opinions about TikTok, but how did the rest of your TikTok challenge go? Do you feel like oh, it's I mean, more comfortable? I sort of, yeah, I sort of fizzled out um, <clears throat> after, I mean, I just, it, doing video content for me personally is a little hard um, just because mm-hmm. I still work full time also. And so I'll come up with an idea and I'll jot it down, but then I, like I have to batch my content to stay on yeah. top of it. And so um, it is something that I am working on. And this year for 2023, I was like, this is something I have to work on. And I will be leaning back into TikTok more uh, for visibility purposes, for sure, um, in April and then going forward. But um, yeah, it just, it. I mean, me personally, I kind of let it fizzle out. But there were some people who were really successful with it. Um, and, and, you know, were able to gain a lot of visibility and, um, I have a friend who is in the same coaching group that I'm in and she's an accountability coach, health coach. And I mean, she's booked clients from, you know, from that TikTok challenge and whatnot. So, I mean, I think it's definitely uh, beneficial, but it's, it's just a whole other beast. TikTok is. Yes. Yes. TikTok it's is not my beast. I don't love TikTok, yeah. but um, okay. I feel like I had some questions on so you just, okay. So like you went through a hard time. I'm just curious too, like how old were your kids when you were going through that? Um, my daughter was, it's been 10 years. And so she was 12. And so then my son was 11 and then my youngest was six. And so we were, um, definitely in the thick of, um, just school, middle school. I mean, they were in middle school. The two older ones were in middle school and elementary school. And then of mm. course that comes with a whole, you know, bunch of things of, you know, they're, they're not very independent. They're not, you know, doing, uh, dr- you know, driving themselves. So there was a lot of, um, uh, there was a lot, a lot of stressful 
times where, you know, as moms, you just, you're doing all the things, you know, you're cooking the dinners and you're shuffling them around to their activities and you're um, just don't even know how to survive every day, let alone actually have a moment, you know, for yourself or, um, I mean, I can, I can literally remember being like, I really should get some therapy and go to therapy, but I don't have any fucking time for therapy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't have time. I mean, I, we're really fortunate. I think, um, one of the things that's, I personally feel like is uh, something good that's come out of the pandemic is that there are so many more accessible uh, resources for like mental health and just even like um, healthcare in general, um, mm-hmm. like with Teladoc and um, some of the things like that, that will allow you to do it instead of doing it in person. But, you know, I mean, sometimes it's, I mean, back then I, I didn't have time and when I did have the time, like when I didn't have my kids, like I was exhausted, like I was absolutely exhausted. And like the last thing I wanted to do was to go like sit in a room and talk to a therapist about all my problems (laughs) and feel all the stuff. But, um, and that's why I depended solely on myself for so long, you know, to be able to, uh, just create that life and, and create those habits and routines that made, you know, life feel a little more joyous during that time. So, yeah, I don't, I don't love therapy either. I did it a couple of times after having a child and I was like, this is like my, this is not my thing. Like, I don't like talking about feelings at all in general. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. talking about everything else except feelings. Yeah. Um. But yeah, put me in a room with a stranger and ask me to talk about personal things. It's like, I will retreat into like a shell, a shell mm-hmm. and be like, I can't talk about it. Um, I'm just curious. So I, I'm, you talked a little bit about like how, when you were going through that transition, like you didn't, you were uh, not afraid, but like, you didn't really want to do things by yourself because you weren't used to it. How, and I want to talk about, like, I want to kind of go back to the, the going through these transitions, like with some of the other things that you maybe did to cope with that period. But I'm just curious, um, how are you with that today? Like, do you now like doing things by yourself? Are are you kind of like, eh, I can go get a drink at the bar by myself, but like, I'm not going to go to dinner by myself because now, you know, we have, we have more kids and you're married again. So like, yeah, I'm just curious, like how some of those things that you kind of like got over your fear of if they've mm-hmm. stayed in your life or you sort of were like, okay, I, I made myself do it because I was afraid of it but now I no longer, they like, it doesn't serve me anymore kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I don't love still doing mm-hmm. anything in public by myself. Like I don't love going to a restaurant by myself and sitting there. It's not something that I will seek out and do. Um, but also, like you said, like I've gotten remarried. I mean, my kids are a little bit older. I've reestablished new friendships and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, but now I will say I a hundred percent like love having time to myself at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I have zero problems. And that was one of the things, you know, I mean, I didn't even like being at home by myself back then, but again, all of those reasons, because it didn't feel like a home to me, it felt empty. It felt like an empty shell. It did not feel like me. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I love to be at home. I love to like, I love, I don't like to work out with people. I don't like to go for walks with people. I mean, my husband and I will go for walks, um, and, and do that, but I would 
honestly, like I would much prefer to walk by myself. Um, it gives me a little, a little me time for that. So, um, I think it depends on why you're avoiding being by yourself. I know during a lot of my transitional times when I've gone through either like the divorce or bad relationships, or even like I've had to, over the course of the years, I've had to walk away with like platonic friendships, you know, that just weren't serving me anymore, or we'd grown apart. And, um, and you know, that's all hard. And sometimes I think that people avoid being with themselves or by themselves because they just don't want to, they don't want to face like their own crap. You know, like I didn't want to be by myself a lot of times because it was lonely, but also I didn't want to sit down and think about what I was responsible for in terms of why my marriage had ended or, you know, this was, this was my part of it, or, um, this is why this friendship has ended because we've grown apart. And this is, you know, I I had a part of that also, and it's, you know, a lot of times we don't want to own our shit, but when you can finally own your shit and you can just say, okay, like, again, I've made a mistake. I'm a human being. I am not perfect. I'm going to forgive myself and I'm going to move on. Like that is a type, like that is the type of self-care outside of, I want to soak in a bubble bath that people need in their lives. Like you need to learn, like forgiving yourself is self-care. Like understanding and learning who you are and the things that you like, that is like, that's a form of self-love. Like that's a form of like, you owe that to yourself to, you know, to stop apologizing for the things that you want in life and to stop just denying those things to yourself, you know, because you think, oh, I don't deserve it or I'm too busy or I, I, I can't prioritize myself over my children or whatever. And a lot of times we just don't want to sit alone and realize like, I've got to work through this stuff so I can get to a better place. And then once I get to that better place, I can allow myself to, yeah, like to take a priority in my life. And, um, so I I think it's one of those things where, no, I wouldn't go sit. I mean, to answer your question and to circle back around to that, I wouldn't want to go sit at a bar by myself anymore, but I would certainly do it. Like I wouldn't have as many issues with it anymore as I, as I did back then, you know, back then I thought people were judging me and that I was a giant loser because I was this divorced single mom and nobody loved me and X, Y, and Z. And these were all of the reasons in my mind that I was sitting at the bar alone or I was having dinner by myself because I wasn't a lovable person. And now I'm just like, Oh, I'm going to sit at the bar alone and I'm going to eat you know, dinner alone, because like, I don't fucking want to like, I'm too good for everybody else. <laughs> like, like, I am too good to sit with these people. I don't want to sit with you because I don't like you. <laughs> and not having it be more about like, oh, people don't want to sit with me. And that's why I'm alone. Now I'm like, well, I'm choosing to be alone. Because mm-hmm. I'm a fucking badass. And I'm not going to waste my time being in friendships with people who like, don't treat me well or whatever. So I love that mind shift. I love it so much. Um, I would love to circle back a little bit just on like, what are some of the other things you did to kind of get through that transition just for people listening that have, 
you know, I think we've all gone through hard times or currently going through hard times. You know, there's a lot of crap mm-hmm. going on in the world. Um, I think it would be helpful for people just to hear like a couple, um, just a couple of things that they might be able to implement in their life. So um, right. beyond like, or yeah, maybe just share a couple of things that you think that would help people if they're going through a hard time that maybe you did during your transition. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things that I feel like in any transition that I've ever gone through and, um, I mean, especially as a, as a small business owner is having boundaries and implementing boundaries and, um, understanding that creating boundaries isn't that you're saying no to everything, but that they're a guideline, like they're a guideline for your life. So if you are, you know, say, you know, you're divorced and you're going to start dating again, you know, understanding that I respect myself enough to know that I have these, these boundaries, like I will not be treated this way. I will not be talked to this way. I will not, um, under any circumstances, you know, date somebody who, um, doesn't have, you know, respect for my children or whatever. You have to have boundaries in place in any type of, um, any type of transition that you're going through, uh, building my business. I, I had to create those. I mean, that is a hundred percent. I mean, and I think you know that and you've even talked about it before is that knowing what those boundaries are and then, uh, and honestly, like creating your absolute, like non-negotiables, like this is like a non-negotiable for me and I will not bend on it. And uh, being able to honor that, because once you're able to honor that, mm. it all, it gives you the confidence to say like, okay, like you're showing yourself respect. You're so you're showing yourself love. You are showing the people around you and the things around you that you're doing that it's important enough to you to say like, you know, no, I'm not going to allow that. And so boundaries were huge, huge for me um, Mm -hmm. during that time. Um, Another thing, like I said, I mean, self-care and and self-love and mental wellness is so much more than I'm going to stick a face mask on and, you know, light a candle. Like it's so much more beyond that. But at the same time, sometimes you need those little things to create a foundation. Like, you know, for me, lighting a candle, when I get home from work, it truly brings me joy. It helps me relax. It helps me feel like I've created a habit. I've created a routine. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, finding little things, whatever that is, that brings you joy. There were times when I got to a really good point um, where you know, I would just like, I'd stop at Trader Joe's and I'd get like the $5 bouquet of flowers and I would bring them home and put them on my counter. And like, it's Mm -hmm. the whole like cliche, like Miley Cyrus, like I can buy myself flowers situation. But I mean, it was something that was just like a reminder that like, I don't, I don't, I didn't have to have somebody do it for me. You know, like I could invest in myself, Mm -hmm. you know, I believe in myself enough to do those things for myself. So um, finding little things that bring you joy, whatever that is. And then, um, yeah, just pushing yourself out outside of your boundaries, making, maybe making new friends, um, you know, creating a network of people who honestly are like-minded. Like I said, I had a lot of friends. I was really lucky and at different transitions of my life, I have had 
you know, friends that have been very supportive. I mean, right now, my husband is literally like my biggest cheerleader in my business. Like he is like, you are awesome. And 100% you should do this. And this is great. But at the end of the day, he still doesn't understand what all goes into creating that business or running this business and all of the things that I do. And the only way that I actually can get that support is to like step outside of my box a little bit and network and create friends, like create, like connect with other small business owners, create with other, you know, or like connect with other people who have, you know, maybe they're single moms or maybe they're widowed or maybe, you know, they don't have any children. And, you know, we all, I mean, I have a, a few different friends who have chosen not to have kids and I love them to death, but I know at the end of the day, I can't truly understand what that is. So for them to connect with other people who have chosen not to have children, like truly finding your people, you know, and that can be scary because that means you have to put yourself out there a little bit. Um, But I mean, I, I think those, I mean, creating boundaries for sure. um, And then like finding a network of people and going outside of your box a little bit, you know, a hundred percent is, super important to connect with other people who just get it and who you can be like, like, this is what I'm struggling with today. And they can be like, Oh my gosh, like I, that happens to me all the time. Like I totally get it. And, and knowing that they're not just saying that to like, you know, blow smoke up your ass. Like they're literally like, no, I get it because I've been in the trenches of building a small business or going through a divorce or of losing a child or of like being judged because I'm not going to have children or whatever it is. Like Mm -hmm. I've been there, I've done it. I know what it means. And like, I'm here to listen to you. You know, that's a huge one. Amazing. Um, yeah, so many good things. And I was just thinking too, as you were talking about like the friendships, I don't know if you feel like this in your life, but like, I, so I moved from, so I'm from Boston. I moved away basically right before I had my child. So seven plus years ago, actually, I think it's been eight years now, which is, it's been eight years ago. I moved away from Boston, which that's crazy. Um, and I have like a really wide network of, of friendships, but I find myself, especially now this last year, just feeling a lot of disconnect from a lot of those relationships that I had spent my whole, not my whole life, but like a long, you know, decades building. And it can, that can be really challenging when you feel like you almost outgrow friendships that have been so important in your life. Like, how do you just let go of those things, you know? Um, But I think with people, as you grow and as you do things like when you step out of your comfort zone in your box and you're doing these scary things, like you almost like not losing a part of yourself, but in a good way, you're mm-hmm. like, it's almost like a snake when the snake, like shed, I forget what it's called. There's their skin, like you shed yeah. skin off and then it like, it goes away and then you become right. like a butterfly or something. I don't mm-hmm. know where I'm coming up with these terrible analogies, but <laughs> no, it, that, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. You're right. So it's just, and it's, we, it's like, I, I, I've been thinking about that recently, just like conversations with people message me and I'm just like, like, I, I don't know. I just feel Mm -hmm. like kind of disconnected from a lot of people that I used to know. And I think that like, I always feel guilt about that. Like, Mm -hmm. why are you 
like, what do you think you're better than them? Like, do you think yeah. like, I don't know. And I feel a lot of guilt around it. And I don't really know why, but I think yeah, part I mean, of it's like, you want to be around like-minded people, you know? Right. So. Right. Well, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think again, like as women, I think that we're naturally inclined to nurture those friendships, nurture those relationships. And we've been taught that, you know, once you have those in your life that, you know, you need to cling to them. And it doesn't mean that they're not serving you anymore or Mm -hmm. that you're just in a different season of your life, you know? And once I sort of Um, I've had tons of friends who over the years that I was really, really close to for certain seasons of my life. And then Mm -hmm. you do, you sort of transition a little bit and it's not that, you know, you don't consider them a friend or they're, they've, you've had a falling out of sorts. It's just, you're in just a different season. And, but I think, I don't know. I think women carry a lot of guilt anyway. And I think that we always are feeling like it's one more thing you have to do. I mean, there are honestly times and I will think to myself, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to that person in six months and I'm now a terrible friend and I need to reach out to that person, even though I really don't need to reach out to that person. I mean, you can, you know, like I don't, there's, I don't want to, I don't, you know, sometimes we do it out of obligation and I'm not saying like you have to cut those people off, but you just have to kind of accept what it is like that it's, yeah. you know, ebbs and flows and, you know, seasons of friendships and, you know, yeah, just like you're not the same person that you were probably when you became friends with them, you know, and they aren't either, you know, like they're not the same person probably either. And so I think it's natural yeah. to kind of grow apart from, from people and, I think we just have, I think sometimes like women just have to like, you do have to just give yourself permission to be like, that served me for a time and it's okay that it's not serving me anymore. Yeah. And, and just move on with that. Like, I don't know why sometimes we feel so much responsibility to like Mm -hmm. maintain friendships or do all the things and, you know. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying don't do anything, but like, we, we really don't have to do all the things. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, we don't, yeah. we just have to give ourselves permission to say like, I'm going to rest. I'm like, not going to call you or I'm because I just don't feel like it. And I shouldn't have to apologize for that. Like, I just am not right now. I'm not, not feeling it, you know? Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it so much. Um, yeah. And I just think you were, ta- you know, you were talking about just being around like-minded people. And I think as people that have businesses, like, I think it's, I mean, I don't think it is, it is wildly important that you have people in your network, in your circle who know what you're going through and just get you on a different level. Because I do think once you start having businesses, you do become a different person. And like, I don't know about you, but like, I love talking about business stuff. So when friends are texting back and forth and talking about like their kids, I hate talking about kid stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, please don't text me about your kids. I don't want to mm-hmm. have the conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of an asshole. I just like, obviously, if you have a problem with your kid, feel free to text me. But like yeah. in general, please don't because I just don't want to talk about it. Um, I like to talk about pretty much anything else. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah. like, well, no. And that's the thing, but that's what I'm saying <laughs> is like, I don't think that makes you an asshole. I just think that makes you like a normal fucking person sometimes. <laughs> like this idea that because we wear the mom hat, yeah, that we have to sit and talk about our kids all the time. And that like, I don't have a life outside of my children. <laughs> I mean, my kids are flabbergasted. Like they're like, you, what you have? Like you have a TikTok, like you're on a podcast. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> they literally think that like this is the only thing in my life I do is like carpool and like make yeah. like you know like make lunches or whatever. And <laughs> and then but then that's that's the thing. Like that's what I'm talking about. It's like I get so sick of being like that's not all I am. It's not the only thing, I, and I'm not only a yeah. business owner either. You know, and so. Yeah, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone and making friends with people who are like minded or maybe have the same experience as you doesn't mean like cut everybody off from your social circle and like never communicate with anybody who sees differently or has a different job. It just means like have make sure you have those resources as well. You know, like make sure that I mean, at the time that I went through my divorce and I'm talking like, you know, referring back to that, I did not have friends that were divorced. I didn't. And so I became resentful to my friends that would be like, oh, we know what you feel, you know, oh, it must be so hard. We know what you're going through. No, you don't. Like you literally (laughs) fucking don't know what I'm going through. (laughs) Like like your husband's going to be home in seven hours and you're going to make dinner for that person. Yeah. Like, you know, and good friends, like great, like still hung out with them and everything, but they didn't know what I was going through. And so Yes, you have to build a network of people, you know, in your business and in your life that, you know, get it a little bit. So you can, and especially in business, because mm-hmm. yeah, we do literally everything and people do not understand that. Like they do not understand the responsibility unless you're living in it, you know? And so it, because it's all consuming and having a business is all consuming, I think it's natural for people to only want to talk to business people because it's, you just don't get away from it ever. Right. Like you, unless you create those boundaries, (laughs) unless you say to yourself, you know, which is one thing that I've had to do is, you know, be like, no, I am, you know, under no circumstances, am I working on Sundays or under no circumstances, am I working past seven o'clock at night, you know, or whatever it is, you know, I'm not going to answer emails at midnight or whatever. Um, and creating those boundaries, because otherwise you get sucked down this path of trying to, you know, stay in the grind and, you know, and then you end up burnt out, you know, which yeah, that's just a whole like actual real issue that people go through. So what boundary, like, just curious, what boundaries do you have Cause I am, I am not good with boundaries. I'm working on it. I'm better with boundaries with some things sort of, but I'm not good with boundaries. How, what are your boundaries for your business um, that you actually like stick with that you actually stick with? Yeah. Well, I have, so on. Uh, I have boundaries that I will be flexible with, but like, for me, it's like my non-negotiables, like under no circumstances will I miss one of my kids' events for my business. Like it's not happening. Um, and that. that can be, you know, a lot, because here's the thing. It's, uh, I think I mentioned earlier in the show that 
I started another business when my, when my kids were younger, I had a photography business and I was all in and I went all in and I thought I had to do all the things. And I got caught up in this like hustle culture of like, you can only be successful if you work every single night and pull all nighters and you sacrifice and you do this and you do this and you do this. And I got sucked into that. And so I had that business that was very successful that I had to walk away from because I literally hated it. I hated it. I hated working in it. I hated anything to do with it because I burnt myself out so badly. And so when I started this business, I knew like there, I would not resent this business. I would not um, get to a point where, I mean, I think we, I think we all go through stages where we don't maybe like our business or we're like, oh, this is driving me crazy. I don't like doing this, but I didn't want to put myself into a position where I just was like, I've built this for five years and now I'm going to walk away from it. And I don't care about it at all because I've burnt myself out. And so, yes, I will not miss, like, I will not miss any of my kids' events for that. Um, any, and really it comes with planning. So my daughter attends college out of state. If she asked me to attend something, I'm attending it. I literally launched my business. Like our opening weekend was parents weekend at Ole Miss where my daughter attends college. And I already had the launch date planned. And she was like, mom, it's parents weekend. You have to come. And I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to like launch a business and like be out of state? And so I had to come. I was like, okay, I under no circumstances will miss. I will not miss this for her Mm -hmm. because of my business. Like, and so I had to tweak things. Like I did a pre-sale instead of like having all of my sales start in April, I had a pre-sale and I did pre-sales in March. So I could sort of like you know, divvy up that work a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's my biggest one. I won't work on Sundays. Um, I won't do any type of work on Sundays whatsoever is another one of my boundaries. Mm. Um, and then like, I have boundaries, like I plan, I have plan ahead boundaries. And so year two going into my business, like a boundary that I will have is that I will not work any weekends at all. Like I will not work Saturday and I will not work Sunday. And so, and then, you know, ultimate goal of boundaries is that I would love to only have like a four day work week, you know, that's not feasible for me right now because I still work for part-time or I still work full-time, but yeah. when I take the business full-time, it will like, I will take the business full-time in order, you know, to only work four days a week. But, um, the other, the other big boundary for me, um, in working is that travel, like I will still travel, you know, like I will still I have a girl's trip planned in June. Like I will still do that. Like I will still take trips and I will still plan that in and I will not work during that time. So there's like no working on the vacations. And so um, it's, I mean, that's hard sometimes and it's hard to follow through because sometimes you don't know like launches when you're planning things like how it's going to coincide or fall. But those are just, I feel like if you only have a couple like non-negotiables, it's easier to like, to stick to those instead of being like, Oh, I have a list of 12 boundaries, knowing damn good. And well, you're not going to uphold any of those. And then it's, I mean, it's like a diet, right? Like, it's like, I'm going to do all of this and then you do none of it, or you do like 50% of it. And then you're like, well, now I failed because I didn't do any of that. So now I'm not going to do any of them. And so I feel like, yes, I have boundaries. Like, you know, like I won't discount my products past a certain point where I won't like, give my friends and family like 
a discount past, you know, whatever it is for me or whatever. But like the non-negotiables, the biggies are I will travel and I will not miss my kids' stuff. So those the because otherwise, why are you even building a business? Yeah, I've just I'm ashamed to admit this, but I just recently would say that I just established the, I won't miss my kids sporting things. You know, Mm -hmm. I did, I did, um, in the fall at one point for something stupid too. And I remember after being, I felt so guilty and I was like, I, I I no Mm -hmm. longer. So one of my boundaries now is I'm no longer doing, um, I'll just say it on the podcast, whatever. Um, I'm no longer doing calls after technically after like 3 p.m. Cause yeah, that's my son's pickup. And often like my husband oftentimes has to work. So we live outside of Seattle, but he now has to go into Seattle more for work and he does has to travel a bit. And multiple times recently, like I've had to I've had to reschedule like my membership, e-commerce society. I've had to reschedule mm-hmm. calls because I've had a 5 p.m live Q&A call. I had to reschedule it multiple times. I'm like, you know what? No more, no more 5 p.m. calls. I'm really sorry to all my friends who like the 5 p.m. calls, but like, it's not serving me anymore. And it's honestly like when I have to reschedule, I feel very stressed. I feel guilty because I don't want to, I don't like disappointing people. Like I am people pleasing at heart and I love to make people feel happy Um, so me rescheduling stresses me out more than you probably could ever even imagine. Like I actually take that as a big deal. So yeah, now no, no more 5 PM. I won't do any 5 PM calls. And if people don't like that, then it is what it is, you know? And I, and I, it's hard for me to say that out loud because I love my programs. I love all the stuff that I do, but like, you have to put your, like this episode is actually the perfect time to talk about that because you have to put yourself first and like the things that are important to you. And like, I wouldn't expect you to reschedule your shit to accommodate me. So it's kind of like, you know, but. And it's your business. Like it's your business. Like it's not our business. And, and I will be completely honest with you. Like, again, because I still work full time, like every coaching call that I have right now with my coach I have to either take off of work or I have to like take an hour and a half out of my time at work to, you know, have the conversation, but I value my, like, this is my business and I value my business and I value her and her business enough to make it happen. Like if it doesn't work for somebody, yeah, like that's unfortunate. I mean, and you, and you know, sometimes that's hard. I feel like we cling so hard to like, I want to have all these, or I'm a people pleaser or I want to like, you know, have all the yeses and whatever. But once you can kind of let go of that in a way, Mm -hmm. you're making room for people like your true people. Like you're, you're letting go of the people who they doesn't fit with your schedule. Like this is like, like it's Carrie Fitzgerald. It's not like Chastity Campbell's business. I mean, I, I took half a day off of work today to come and record this podcast. (gasps) You know why? Because this was the time you gave me like this. You, you were like, yeah, this is the time we're doing it. And, and I'm not like, oh, well, can we do it at a better time for me? No, I'm like, I want to be on this podcast and this person's like inviting me on their podcast, which is freaking amazing. So I'm going to make it happen. And I mean, like, yeah, like sometimes people don't like have, maybe have that flexibility to do it, 
But then yeah, like for me, I'm like, well, that person's just not your person. Like, yeah, you know, and, and that is hard. And I think it's especially hard when you're starting a new business. Like yeah. I'm super, super new. Like it's, Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really hard for me sometimes to say no to things because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I could learn from that or that. I mean, nobody wants to say no to money. Like nobody wants to do that. Like you want to try to grow as much as you can. But I also know that I respect myself and this business enough. And I believe in this business enough that I want it to survive. Like I don't want to bust my ass for two years for nothing. And then it goes away. And that's what people don't understand is that like when you are like, hustling and you get caught up into that like hustle culture so much mm-hmm. that eventually you cannot maintain it. And I mean, it yeah. is proven, it is a proven fact that you cannot maintain that. And if you don't set the boundaries or you don't from the very start, like you will just burn out from it. And I'm like, no, like I've worked yeah. too hard. I've done like too much research and I've like, I've like fucking burnt my hand too many times on this wax to like, <laughs> it's like four <laughs> candles where I'm like, I don't like these scars are not for nothing. I will have this business for years, you know? <laughs> I mean, so it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great that you are saying no more, like no more calls at five o'clock. You probably will piss some people off. But then you'll probably get other people who are truly like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to make this happen because this is when she wants me to like, this is the training I want. And this is when she's offering it. And so I'm going to make it happen however I can. Yeah, I love that. I And I do feel bad. I I do. I mm-hmm. I hate disappointing people. But in the end, yeah, you're right. Like you have to do things for yourself. And I've already been through the business of being burned out, which was my first business, my product based business which, you know, I started my business when my son was six months old, having gone through really fucking bad postpartum depression. And I credit that business for getting me out of that hole. And it's something that I don't talk about at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do credit the business for kind of pulling me out of that like black hole. But I, holy shit, that business took a toll on me, like mental health wise, by the time I sold the business, like I was kind of a disaster. So anyway, mm-hmm. I vowed that I wouldn't do the same thing with my current business. And I yeah. haven't, I, I, I would say like, yes, I have moments with my current business when I'm like, okay, um, we need to kind of, we need to reel it in a little bit, take a step back. Um, but I have compared to how I used to be, my boundaries are awesome, but they're still yeah. like a work in progress. But like, the no missing kids sports, that's a newer boundary for me. And I will Mm -hmm. 100% like, I will stick to that. So even if that's my only boundary, I think that's, it's a good one. I do have other boundaries. Like for me, Monday, no calls. Yeah. Under any circumstance, will you ever get on my goddamn calendar on a Monday? Cause you won't. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll cancel. Yeah, I mean, you just have to find what works for you. And, you know, yeah. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, everything. I feel like I'm being like, dramatic. No. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? Like I'm like the most dramatic person ever, but I'll cancel. No, I call. Mean, We're not talking on Mondays. <laughs> Click. I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks. Talk to you later. But you know, the thing, the thing is too, is that I think that you're always like, I'm not always good with boundaries either. I mean, like the, like I said, the non-negotiables, yes. And sometimes, you know, you're not, but also you're, I mean, just like anything in life, like your business goes through like 
ebbs and flows, right? Like you're going to naturally be more busy at a time when you're like launching a new product or you're like right now, like, I feel like I'm like, again, like spinning myself in a little circle. Like I'm on the little hamster wheel because I'm rebranding and I want to like launch this like new portion of my business with like Mm -hmm. the self-care coaching and the mindset coaching and whatnot. And so there's a lot that goes into that. And so yeah, for me, like saying like, I'm not going to be like, you know, I'm going to be a hustle culture dropout, which is my little, you know, key phrase that I love to use. But that doesn't mean like I'm a lazy ass person who doesn't want to like work hard or who never believes in like working hard and like putting in time and effort and sacrifices. What it means is that if I'm busting my ass for like, you know, a month straight, you're going to, you can bet your ass. I'm going to match that effort with like rest when that part's over. Like, I'm just not going to keep doing it. You know, like, it's not like you never do it. I'm not saying don't ever sacrifice and that your business is never going to require sacrifices or your life is never going to require sacrifices. It is a hundred percent. Like if you want to be successful, you are going to have to make some sacrifices and yeah, you're probably going to have to work your ass off sometimes, but make sure that you now when that, when that season is done or when you're finished with that, you take a fucking breather. Like you're like, okay, I did it. High five. I'm going to Jamaica. I'm sitting at Starbucks for seven hours and doing nothing. I'm going to watch housewives. I'm watching whatever your thing is. Right. You know, like for me, I'm like, I'm vegging out and I'm going to watch some Yellowstone, you know, and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm doing the thing and and being okay with that. Like being okay with that, because that's the only way you're going to be able to actually sustain and like be able to show up the next time you're doing a product launch or there's a big event that you're planning or, you know, your kid gets super sick and you've got, you know, or a tragedy happens in your life. The only way you can face that is if you're rested and if you're like right with your mind and you can't be right with your mind if you're constantly grinding and you're constantly like not taking care of yourself. I mean, you just, it's just not sustainable. It's why people have mental breakdowns. I've been there. I've done it. Don't want to do it again. Amen. Sister, I hear you. Well, this was amazing. I feel like we talked about a lot of really cool things. I love it so much. I feel like we could just continue the conversation about, I love like the hustle culture stuff. I feel like you might have to come back and talk about that a little bit more because I know that so many people get sucked into that and like, Mm -hmm. there's so much pressure and like, there's just all of the stuff that you see in social media. Like you have, like we were talking earlier. I don't even know if this was on the recorded part, but we were talking about, um, actually I think this was the person I talked to, talked to before. I can't even keep track. I've had like multiple conversations today and I had <laughs> a very early morning coaching call with my cultish product group. So I'm getting my conversations mixed up, but you know, you see these people on these different, you know, YouTube videos or podcasts and they're like, you know, you have to work a million hours a day and like, you need to do everything. And like, yes, you have to do a lot. Like we talked, you just talked about, like, you'll go through the ebbs and flows and the seasons of being busy Mm -hmm. right now. I am in a very, very busy period, but in the summer I will not be because I'm going on my bear trip. I'm going to go hang out with the grizzly bears in Alaska. I'm also going to Florida. We're going on a little cruise with my son and, you know, I'm going to be taking, um, you know, not a ton of time off, but it's just not going to be like a super busy time, you know? So I'm, 
I'm hustling now so I can rest whatever my version of rest is. Cause it really yeah. won't be restful, but for me, you know, less stuff. So like you go through ebbs and flows, but like, I think so much pressure is put on us from like social media, people on YouTube being like, you have to do like the 10X effect. I was chatting with someone this morning about the 10X effect book. I think that book is awesome. Honestly, Mm -hmm. however, I feel like it can be construed into something that's not very awesome. for Mm -hmm. So, but yes, the hustle culture stuff is, I think people need to hear more about why you don't need to fall into that trap. So yeah, maybe Mm-hmm. Or two, we can yeah, talk we'll do a follow up. We'll do a follow up because I definitely I love it. Tons of things about that too. <laughs> I love it. Which still, which also just falls into that self care thing. It's just a different. I mean, yeah. it's just a different sort of, I guess, group of people. I mean, I think hustle culture is usually um, typically thought about like in like as a career oriented path or whatnot. But yeah, no, it definitely a hundred percent is still about taking care of yourself and setting boundaries and doing all those things. So. We will definitely do a little follow-up. Love it so much. Tell everyone where they can find you. I know you're rebranding. So maybe if you want to share any of your websites where they can buy your candles and show you some love. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at chastitycampbell.com. And um, even if you did Nora Blanc, it will still redirect you back to chastitycampbell.com. I am um, launching new, um, my new website actually probably in just a couple weeks. So um, it should be up and running, but you can find me there. You can find me at, um, at Chastity Campbell Co on Instagram and Facebook, TikTok, all social media. And um, yeah, so I would absolutely love anybody to come and visit me there. Sign up for my email list. I am going to be launching a couple new freebies um, on my email list. We're going to do some really cool, like baddie affirmation cards that are sort of like mm-hmm. sassy little affirmations and um, and a self-care kind of list of like my favorite little like um, Spotify playlists and different things like that. So those are going to be up on the website soon as well. So make sure you get onto the email list for those and yeah, we'll be good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for coming on. I feel like it was therapeutic for me in some way to talk about some of these like boundary things. Cause I'm very open that that's not always my strong suit. So it's good for me to get reminders of like boundaries. And I love, I'm literally going to write out a non-negotiables because I actually don't have that list. So yeah. I feel like you helped me so much. So thank you. Well, yay, yeah. Good. Thank you so much for being on awesome. and I will talk to you later. Okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at... Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.